Let's go into the word of God this morning. Shall we turn our Bibles to Genesis in chapter number 12. Genesis chapter 12 and verses 1 to 3. Genesis chapter 12 verses 1 to 3. The Lord had said to Abraham, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. This is the promised plan of God. Not just for Abraham, but for the nations. You see, the promised plan of God for the nations, um, given to one man, but this one man is going to be instrumental in bringing forth the promise of God to the world. Whenever God begins to do something, he always calls a man. When he wants to redeem the people of Israel from Egypt, whom did he call? Moses. When it was time for Moses to leave this world, he raised up, he called another man. Whom did he call? A Joshua. And then when he wanted to, um, you know, bring back the people of Israel back um, to godliness in the time of Eli, when Eli and his sons were not doing a good job, he called another man, Samuel. Great. Wow, you all know the Bible so well. <laughs> when Jesus came and he came announcing the kingdom, he called some people. He called 12 that they might be his disciples. And then when he wanted the gospel to go out of Israel into the rest of the world, he called another man, Paul. God has always been raising people. But his purpose of raising someone has always been for a greater purpose. For the world. Amen. Hallelujah. And so here you see God is calling Abraham uh, with giving, by giving him a promise. But this promise includes a plan. And the plan is that he would have to leave his father's house. Uh, this land of idolatry and, uh, and all of those things. And he wanted Abraham to follow him. And so he reveals to him as a God of promise. Reveals to him with his promise plan for the ages. Sometimes uh, when you look at these kind of divine um, great plans of God. You find that. They don't get fulfilled overnight. You don't see them suddenly, you know, blooming overnight. With Abraham, if you talk to him, he would say, well, my God promised me that he would make me and my descendants to be like the stars in the sky and like the sand of the sea seashore. But where? Not even one baby is coming. <laughs> We are waiting and waiting and praying and praying and believing and believing and expecting and expecting. But even that one baby is not coming. And we've already gone past the age of childbearing. Now we should be actually great grandparents. Right? If it was an Indian family, they should have, he should have had at least four generations being 100 years and old and all that. But Nothing is working. Nothing is happening. The promises were given. The promises were so great. Fancy. Amazing. Exciting to hear. Wow. Anybody would be very much excited. And maybe he would have sung songs. He would have praised God. Maybe he would have, uh, you know, fell down to the ground and worshipped God. He would have been so excited. But people would have come and asked him. And his wife herself was wondering what is going on. What is this man saying? 
sometimes you know wives wonder about their husbands isn't it what is this man <laughs> what only is doing nobody knows what is he saying nobody understands you know sometimes the promise plan of god is so mysterious and sometimes it doesn't seem to uh, unfold immediately have you been in a place where you have had divine plans of god revealed to you and then you face hindrances you face opposition you face the works of the devil you face evil plots of the devil have you faced anything like that on one side you have the promises on one side you know the word of god and on the other side everything that's happening seem to be going on the in the opposite direction have you wondered why why a long drawn struggle why many failures before a victory we expecting a victory we expect expecting a good news but why continuous struggle after struggle one after the other why so much resistance for what is good wow god's promises god's plans are so good god wants to do good in my life i'm expecting for something good but why so much resistance to it why so much indifference for the good things that i do why does no one support why does no one encourage why doesn't sound good in the ears of others why is it so discouraging while i know the f- that faithful is the one who has called me why is it still so discouraging why is real life like this questions like that anybody amen maybe you felt something like that and maybe i'm just articulating it for you and somewhere it resonates and you say oh yeah <laughs> i felt it that way but here you find god is giving an amazing promise god is giving and having an amazing plan and his plan for abraham not just for abraham but through abraham to bless the nations and the nations will be blessed the nations have come under a curse because of the fall of man but god wants to bless the nations now by the gospel by the good news by setting him apart a man by calling him and making him a family and that family to become a nation and by making that nation to be his own he wants to bless the nations through that nation god's promises always seem to have a power encounter god's promises always seem to have a power encounter there are forces of evil that always try to stall the plan of god that always come to hinder the plan of god that does not want the plans and promises of god to prosper you always find a power encounter when you know there's a promise plan of god and that attempts to as it attempts to thwart the plans and the purposes of god you find ultimately god's promise plans always prevail amen hallelujah there is a power encounter but yet it ultimately prevails so to title this morning's message i would call it kingdom promise plan faces a power encounter kingdom promise plan the kingdom of god the promise plan of the kingdom faces a power encounter and we are all part of this kingdom promise plan today and we are facing a power encounter why is there so much persecution in this country why is there persecution in many countries of the world why do people oppose the gospel while the gospel is actually good news the gospel is not telling people to walk up from chennai to himalayas to be saved the gospel is not telling people to walk on nails and roll on the road the gospel is not telling people to go all the way to the ganges and take a dip seven times in muddy dirty water the gospel is not telling people to shave off their hair the gospel is not telling people to strip off their clothes and go sit in a cave 
you hear what i'm talking about the gospel is not telling you to go to some other distant country and go on a pilgrimage and come back the gospel simply says just believe with your heart confess with your mouth jesus is lord and you will be saved hallelujah it is a wonderful gospel it's a good news of salvation but why is there so much opposition why is this why is this good news so much of a threat why is this good news so much of a very poisonous thing in the ears of people the promises of god the promised plans of the kingdom of god have always faced a power encounter there've always been an opposing power that have stood up against this gospel stood up against this kingdom promise plan of god and so you are in this warfare you and i are part of this promise plan of god you and i are in this kingdom of god and so we will also face a power encounter a power encounter and so right at the beginning after god gave a promise to abraham there you see on one side divine plot plans on the other side you find evil plots to thwart that divine plan and so firstly we're going to talk about divine plans versus evil plots look at this in exodus chapter 1 verse 6 to 13 the fact that there is opposition the fact that there is resistance the fact that there is a power encounter the fact that the devil wants to destroy your life the fact that the devil is against you the the fact that the devil is against the church of jesus the fact that the devil is against the people of god shows that the promised plan of god is very big is far greater that's why the enemy is fighting hard you find the evil plots there in exodus chapter 1 verses 6 to 13 now joseph and all his brothers and all that generation died but the israelites were exceedingly fruitful they multiplied greatly increased in numbers and became so numerous that the land was filled with them then a new king to whom joseph meant nothing came to power in egypt it's always a problem when there's somebody who does not know you comes to power <laughs> when somebody who does not know you comes as your boss <laughs> right then a new king to whom joseph meant nothing came to power in egypt look he said to his people the israelites have become far too numerous for us come we must deal shrewdly with them or they will become even more numerous and if war breaks out they will join our enemies fight against us and leave the country say they, so they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor and they built pithom and ramesses as store cities for pharaoh but the more they were oppressed the more they multiplied and spread so the egyptians came to dread the israelites and worked them ruthlessly you find they just plan to terrorize them look at this evil plot this is a plan to terrorize simply they employed fear tactics why did they employ fear tactics is because they feared that they were going to lose power some day and so they resorted to great amount of oppression violence against these people just because they were multiplying and growing in numbers that's exactly what's happening today in many nations and even in ours as the gospel goes as people are coming to believe in jesus in every nook and corner in this country in villages in towns in cities you know entire two districts uh, uh, cities entire three cities even in remote villages even among people uh, who are called as tribals people who have not encountered much of civilization even in such remote places even in some places where there's no electricity <laughs> even after 60 70 years of independence even in such places you have a thriving worshiping community of god's people and so 
this feels like a threat. These people are multiplying and growing enormously. They are becoming too numerous for us. And so we must put an end to them. And so we must do something to curtail this. And so we must bring some systems, some laws, some things in place that will pin them down. That will oppress them. That will bring fear into them. And that's why you see the lynchings. And that's why you see the murders. That's why you see all kinds of atrocities against minority communities. Whether it's a minority caste-wise, religion-wise or reason-wise. Whatever it is, you see such oppression. It's just a, an, a strategy of, of fear tactics. And this is exactly what the kind of world we live in. The plot to terrorize people. The plot to uh, put fear in the hearts of people. And then not only that, in verse 15 and 16 if you read. The king of Egypt said to Hebrew midwives whose names were Shifra and Pua. When you are helping the Hebrew women during childbirth on the delivery stool, if you see that the baby is a boy, kill him. But if it is a girl, let her live. Why? Because they wanted to annihilate the strong. Eradicate the men. That over a period of time, there would be no men at all. And then it's more easier to subject women and children into slavery and so the plot was to the plot was to terrorize them and the plot was to eradicate the strong sap the strength that's what the enemy wants to do in our lives also bring some kind of a fear terrorizes with some news terrorizes with some you know situation symptoms terrorizes in some way that and that will weaken us do something to weaken us, to sap our strength, to destabilize us, to annihilate the protector, the provider. They were just trying to disarm the unarmed. <laughs> That's exactly what's happening even today in the world. Trying to disarm the unarmed. <laughs> Have you seen that? Our, we don't carry weapons. Our weapons are not physical weapons. But our weapon is the word of God. <laughs> They're not able to fight that word of God. They don't have a concept. They don't have an idea. They don't have a plan. They don't have a promise. They don't have a good news that can over, override or counter this word of God. While we stand unarmed. They're trying to disarm by terrorizing or weakening us. This is the strategy of the devil. This is the plot. This, these are the kinds of plots of evil men and the devil in the world today. And we face such opposition. In chapter 1 and verse 22 also. And Pharaoh gave this order to all his people. Every Hebrew boy that is born. Now, now. I, I skipped a long passage in between. Let me explain. Pharaoh told the, the midwives who were, uh, you know, taking care of the delivery of the Hebrew women uh, when they were giving birth to children to kill the boys. But these midwives, because they feared God, they didn't do that. And so they let them live. And Pharaoh came to know about it and called them and asked, why are you doing this? They gave a good excuse. They said, you know, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They are very strong and vigorous. And when they give birth, you know, when it's time for birth, by the time we midwives arrive, they already give birth. What to do? We couldn't do what you said. And so Pharaoh came up with another plan. Throw all the boys in the Nile. Verse 22, Pharaoh gave this order to all his people. Every Hebrew boy that is born, you must throw into the Nile, but let every girl live. This is a plot to terrorize them. This is a plot to destabilize. This is a plot to eradicate the strong. This is a plot to weaken. This is a plot to disarm the unarmed. This is a plot of the enemy. This is a plot of evil men. And this is what you see in the world today. 
against the kingdom of God. But I want us to know, God messes up the plots of evil men. Hallelujah. God messes up the plots of the devil. The plans and the evil schemes of the devil will never prosper. For Bible says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Amen. Exodus chapter 1, verse 17 to 21. That's what the women said. They are vigorous and they give birth before the midwives arrive. And so God was kind to the midwives and the people increased and became even more numerous. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families on their own, of their own. Now God does not remain silent when the devil is plotting and planning and executing his plans. When evil men are rising to power and authority and position. And they are trying to eradicate the strong and weaken and destabilize and disarm the unarmed. When they are doing all of these things. God does not remain silent. God messes up the plots of evil men. He thwarts the plans and the schemes of men. He raises up someone else to do his cause. He raises up a man called Moses. Even though he was also left in the river Nile in that basket. It so happened that Pharaoh's daughter himself comes and raises him up in his own palace. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's how God messes up the plans of the devil. Hallelujah. He puts the devil to complete shame. He raises up someone else to do his cause. He rewards those who stand up for his purposes. The midwives were blessed because they were fulfilling the promised plan of God. He honors those who fear him. Ultimately, God wins. Amen. Nobody can win over him. His plans do prosper. He never fails. His promises are always fulfilled. And so believe this morning that God will mess up the plots of the devil. Hallelujah. God will mess up the plots of evil men. Amen. Hallelujah. Even during the birth of Jesus, Herod wanted to kill Jesus. Now after Jesus had fasted and uh, the devil came to tempt him, again the devil came after Jesus. He wanted to trap him by different temptations. He wanted to make him to commit suicide by jumping off from the top of the temple. He plotted to kill him. But even on the cross, the, those people did not kill him. Jesus gave up his ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. He gave up his spirit. They didn't kill him. Of course, they crucified him. But Jesus had a time and a moment where the life that he had was under his authority and under his control. That even at another time when they wanted to push him off a cliff, Jesus passed through the crowd. Because it was not his time for him to leave this world. It was not his time to you know, be killed. And so nobody could kill him. Hallelujah. Nobody can lay a hand on you. Unless it is from God. Amen. Hallelujah. Nobody can you know, prevail with their evil plots and schemes and plans. Even in the tomb. After Jesus died and he was buried and he was kept in the tomb, his body was kept in the tomb. They put a stone at the tomb and sealed it and put guards there so that nobody would even come and take away his body. But yet he came out alive. The stone was rolled away. The angel was sitting on the stone. He did not even need anyone to move the stone. He could just pass through even a closed room. Hallelujah. You know, no one can stop the promised plan of God. His plan was that he should die and he should be buried for three days and on the third day he should rise again. And what he planned was fulfilled. Amen. Hallelujah. Even, even though he died and he was buried in the tomb and even though there were, you know, uh, guards guarding the closed tomb that was shut with a stone. When Jesus rose again, those guards could not arrest him. <laughs> They fell like dead men, the Bible says. Hallelujah. When the, when the power of the resurrection, power of Jesus is at work, uh, even dead men will fall, even living men will fall like dead men. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. 
even living men who come you know against the plans and the purposes of God will fall like dead men hallelujah the promised plan of God will always prevail and so in our lives I want us to know as kingdom people who we who are part of the kingdom of God we need to understand the kingdom promises the kingdom plans of God they were fulfilled Many rose to destroy that promised plan of God. Pharaoh tried to do it. Nebuchadnezzar tried to do it. Many kings arose to do it by their own sin and the way the people of Israel went away from God. You know, it looked like that is not going to prosper. The plans and the promises of God are going to fail. But God always had a plan for his people. Hallelujah. God always held the promises that he gave to them, you know, to be fulfilled. Amen. Hallelujah. And so you have in the Bible the stories of many flawed men, but yet God's promises and plans continue to prevail even though men failed. Amen. Hallelujah. The Bible says, Jesus, God says, you know, my, his own arm worked out salvation for himself his own arm worked salvation for himself even though he did not find anybody who will stand for his cause his own arm worked salvation and so i want us to believe this morning that even though there may be evil plots against God, divine plans god's plans and promises will always prevail hallelujah Amen. It prevailed, you know, right through the ages, right the, from the time of Abraham. That promised plan that was given was fulfilled, even though Pharaoh arose, even though there was so much oppression, even though they were driven close to the Red Sea and they thought that they were going to perish now. But God's promises and plans always came through. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, you need to recognize the reason why the enemy is fighting so hard. The reason why there is so much evil plots against your life and against your family. And that, the reason why you have to go through so much of struggles, so many battles. The reason why, you know, it's so much a day-to-day -day thing for you. You know, each day you have to cross with great amounts of effort. It may feel like that. And you may be wondering why. The reason is because the promise of God is too big. It's too big. And the enemy is not happy with the promises of God for the great promises of God in our lives. For Abraham, it was too big for him to believe, but yet he believed in the promise of God. God's plans are usually bigger and better than what we can ever ask or think. God's plans are always bigger and better than what we can ever imagine. God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. Your, my thoughts are far higher than your thoughts. My ways are far higher than your ways. Hallelujah. They're always bigger. The promise was not only concerning Abraham. The promise was concerning the nations. Hallelujah. And so there's a, always a tension with Israel all through the ages. Even till today. <laughs> Amen. Even till today, there's always a tension. <laughs> there's always a tension. There's always a conversation about who is supporting Israel and who is not supporting Israel. There's always a tension in the world because of the promised plans of God have been bigger and greater. Amen. Hallelujah. The promise was to transform nations. And so God has called you to be a kingdom person, to be involved in transforming nations. And that promised plan of God is not just for Abraham. That promised plan of God is for the church of Jesus. That his kingdom will be established in this world. And this morning, as Joshua began to lead worship, you know, he started off talking about the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom. Let the kingdom come. Talking about the kingdom. He started off with the kingdom. This kingdom will never end. This kingdom will never perish. This kingdom endures forever. And you are, I are the kingdom people. The kingdom of God is within you, Jesus said. We are in his kingdom. 
and we who are his kingdom people where jesus is king and he rules and reigns our hearts and lives of his people we have been part of the fulfillment of this promise plan which god gave to abraham hallelujah god gave that promise plan to abraham and he said i will bless the nations through you and so today as we who are non jewish people the nations other than israel have been blessed because of that promise plan of god because he called a man made him into a family made him into a nation and in that nation and to that nation he revealed himself he revealed his plans he revealed his laws he revealed his instructions he called them to be his set apart people and through them he revealed himself made himself known to the nations of the world jesus was born in a jewish family in israel and from jesus the gospel began to spread to the nations of the world that we who are outside the covenant we who are outside the kingdom we who are in the kingdom of darkness have now come into the kingdom of light because of that promise plan and the devil has always been against that promise plan of god evil men have always plotted against it but god's plans and purposes have always prevailed over them hallelujah whatever be the you know challenges whatever be the problems whatever be the losses whatever be the struggles it has always prevailed and so with god promise god's promises and purposes in your life also prevail certainly amen hallelujah the devil cannot take it away evil men cannot plot and scheme and 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 subdue it amen nobody can fight the plans and the purposes of god they will always succeed quickly number 2 kingdom promises promise plan faces a power encounter talking about that number 2 firstly we talked about um divine plans versus evil plots secondly we're going to talk about subjection to violence versus invasion of the violent subjection to violence the kingdom people are subjected to violence the kingdom of god is subjected to violence very often on the other side invasion of the violent we become the violent who invade into the world <laughs> you'll understand what i'm going to talk about you may be asking are uh, you asking us to take up arms are you calling us to form a terrorist group <laughs> subjection to violence versus invasion of the violent <laughs> you and i are the violent the bible calls us <laughs> the bible calls us so matthew chapter 11 in verse 12 matthew chapter 11 verse 12 from the days of john the baptist until now the kingdom of heaven has been subjected to violence and violent people have been raiding it or another version it says forceful men have been advancing it forceful men that probably sounds a little better for good christians <laughs> from the days of john the baptist until now the kingdom of god jesus is saying this the kingdom of heaven has been subjected to violence and but the violent people the forceful men take hold of it amen hallelujah god is looking for some forceful people amen God is looking for some violent people even though the, this is this is amazing this is paradoxical on one hand we are faced with violence but on the other side it's the forceful men who are advancing it also Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 5 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 5 for when we came into Macedonia we had no rest but we were harassed at every turn conflicts on the outside fears within second corinthians chapter 7 and verse 5 paul is writing and he says in his apostolic mission as he was progressing the gospel as he was advancing the kingdom of god as he was going from city to city planting churches evangelizing them and establishing them in the teachings of scriptures raising up elders to shepherd them and planting communities of christ as paul was going forward in this apostolic mission of reaching the gentile world with the gospel as an apostle to the gentiles an apostle is a sent out one 
as an apostle to the gentiles as he was progressing the gospel he was constantly face facing opposition persecution several times you know they were so beaten up they were left naked they had to go without food and water they were you know um sinking in the middle of the sea they were they were running aground you know they were you know left in a island they 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 really struggled they suffered so much persecution in the hands of jewish people and others as well but now here is so he's talking about that he's talking about the kind of situations that he has encountered conflicts on the outside and fears within problems from outside and problems from within also kingdom of heaven is subjected to violence deceptions within inside among the people of god and there's persecution from outside confusions within and confrontations from outside these are the kind of things that are constantly paul had to deal with if you read through the letters of paul if you read through the new testament you will find repeatedly he's dealing with problems inside and he's also dealing with problems on the outside kingdom promise plans face a power encounter god's plan is being executed right now for abraham it was a promise it began to unfold slowly from the through the exodus and down through the ages it has been unfolding and here is a full blown expression of the kingdom of god in this world when jesus comes he comes he comes announcing the kingdom the kingdom of god is at hand and jesus is ushering in the kingdom and demonstrating the power of the kingdom through signs wonders and miracles and through a powerful teaching of god's word and bringing forth truth and exposing hypocrisy and teaching the people as to how they ought to live as the people of this kingdom people and as the kingdom of god is being assured and jesus by his death resurrection and the coming of the spirit has established the kingdom in this world and and entrusted this kingdom to a dis- group of disciples whom he called they may assist him in setting apart people and bringing them into his kingdom that one day the kingdom of this world will become the kingdom of god and of his christ and that purpose is continuing to unfold and here is paul you know as a very key person in this kingdom promise plan of god progressing the gospel and taking the gospel to the nations to the gentiles because until then the gospel has been so much among the people of israel among the jewish people but god raises up paul as an apostle to the gentiles and so you see him battling both of these things kingdom of heaven is subjected to violence look at how it is subjected to violence confusions within confrontations from outside read with me in acts chapter 20 let me illustrate that acts chapter 20 and verses 22 to 31 acts chapter 20 verses 22 to 31 Lord Jesus has given me the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Now, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Okay, let's just pause there for a moment. 22-25 we read. This whole passage he's talking about, he's talking to the Ephesian elders while he's bidding farewell to them and going on to Jerusalem. He has worked with them for a while. He has establish them in the teachings and you find that now that he is compelled by the spirit led by the spirit of god he is unable to stay led by the spirit he is going to jerusalem and he says i don't know what's going to happen to me there verse 23 i know that in every city the holy spirit what is the holy spirit speaking to him he warns me that prison and hardships are facing me Some of us expect for the Holy Spirit to speak very nice things. You'll go to America, buy a Lamborghini. 
and set up a nice uh, villa there. <laughs> Have the best job, work in Microsoft, SAP. <laughs> right? Apple. Not that apple that we eat. We expect for some nice things for the Spirit of God to speak. But this is what the Holy Spirit is speaking to this man who is on this apostolic mission. The one who has been called. You see, Saul had an encounter on the road to Damascus. A light shone from heaven above and he was struck down and he was blinded. And Ananias was sent to go and speak to him. And his eyes were open and scales fell off his eyes. And there was a promise given to him. God called him and said, I have called to you to be a, um, an apostle to the Gentiles. You will stand before kings. Oh, just imagine what his mother would have done. And God spoke through, you know, Ananias about all that great promises. She would have gone around from house to house saying, you know what, my son is going to stand before kings. You know, you better become his friend now itself. Sounds very exciting, isn't it? The promise sounds exciting. But also the promise included this one thing. He said, you, the, the Spirit also told him how much he would suffer for his name. Amen. Hallelujah. The kingdom of heaven is subjected to violence. And you see here, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison, prison and hardships are facing me. In verse 24, however I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. My only aim is to finish well. My only aim is that I will finish what has been entrusted to me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. In verse 25, now I know that none of you among, none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. This is not a simple farewell. This is a serious farewell. And, and spoken, led by the Holy Spirit. This is a promised plan. The kingdom is suffering violence. There is opposition to the gospel. There is opposition to the churches. He himself was one who was opposing the churches and threatening them and putting people to prison and even instrumental in killing of Stephen. And repeatedly as Paul writes to the churches, he would always write and say, Oh, I thank God that even in the face of great persecution, you still accepted the good news of the gospel with great joy. Wherever the gospel was preached, there was opposition. If the true gospel is preached, there will be opposition. <laughs> if you preach another gospel, there will not be opposition. And today there are many other gospels and many other Jesuses who are preached also. The Jesus of blessing, the Jesus of miracles alone, the Jesus of prosperity alone, the Jesus of grace alone. And many other Jesuses and many other gospels are being preached. And so such people will not face any opposition. But the ones who pre truly preach the gospel of salvation and call people to repentance and call people to turn from serving idols to serve the living God will face opposition and persecution. Amen. Hallelujah. And so Paul was facing opposition. But he says, I consider my life worth nothing to me. Verse 24. I consider my life worth nothing to me. As long as I finish the task. As long as I finish well. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is the kind of people who are going to advance the kingdom. <laughs> this is the kind of people whom God is looking for. <laughs> this is the kind of environment we live in. <laughs> this is the kind of situation that is prevailing in this world. This is the kind of nation we live in where, you know, you're not going to be welcomed as you preach the gospel in many places. You're not going to be, you know, invited again. You're not going to be asked to come and speak more. <laughs> You're going to face opposition, challenges, needs, trials. The kingdom promise plan is there. 
the kingdom is advancing. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. There will be struggle. There will be a struggle. There will be challenges. There will be confrontations from the outside. But God is looking for somebody who will say, I consider my life worth nothing. Amen. I consider my life worth nothing to me. Amen. Hallelujah. He who loses his life for his sake will gain it. Amen. Go on to read from verse uh, 26 onwards. Therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of any of you. For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years, I never stopped warning each of you day and night with tears. And so you see the confusion that he's talking about, which is going to come after he leaves. And this confusion is from, from within. He talks about, after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and they will not spare the flock. They will come in sheep's clothing and they will distort the truth. On one side, there is opposition from the outside. On the other side, there is going to be confusion from the inside. He's talking about that. Men from your own number will arise, verse 30, and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. And so be on your guard. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. It is constantly being attacked on every side. One from the outside, one other from the inside. You see that? Paul talked about that as we read in 2 Corinthians 7, 5. You know, fears outside, conflicts on the outside and fears within he talked about. The kingdom of God has been subjected to violence. But the violent take it by force. Hallelujah. God is looking for such violent people. The forceful men who will advance the kingdom. Who will relentlessly work. Who will fight the battle. Who will be tenacious. Who will be strong. Who will, not weak, who will not be weak, who will not weaken in their faith. Kingdom of God needs some strong people. Strong-minded people, strong-willed people. Strong in the spirit, strong in the word of God. Strong in prayer. Strong with the vision of the kingdom. It needs some tenacious people. It needs those who will guard the flock from false teachings. It needs those who will want to, you know, grow the flock. It needs those who will keep the flock from deceptions and sin. It needs those who will boldly face persecution, opposition. It needs those who will count their life for nothing. But will make their life count for something. Amen. It needs people, the kingdom of heaven needs people who will count their life for nothing but will make their life count for something. Amen. Hallelujah. Those who are willing to pay the price, it needs those who are willing to live for and die for the establishing of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Those who are willing to live, those who are also willing to die for this kingdom. Those who are willing to lose everything to gain Christ and see his kingdom come in the lives of people. God is looking for such forceful men and women who will advance the kingdom. Those who will not consider the temporal things but who will, you know, who will have an eternal perspective in their lives. That things of eternity will matter more than things of the temporal. Those who will value those that matter for eternity and will not value what matters for the temporal world. God is looking for such people, forceful men, who will advance his kingdom. The kingdom promise plan has a power encounter. Divine plots, divine plans versus evil plots. The kingdom promise plan prevailed through the ages. And the kingdom promise plan 
is subjected to violence. Secondly, we, here we are talking about subjection to violence versus the invasion of the violent. Forceful men who will advance even though the kingdom is subjected to violence. Come with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 8 to 11. Verses 8 to 11. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experience in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Oh, became so difficult. We despaired our life itself. Verse 9. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God. Who raises the dead? Hallelujah. But even there, there is a complete dependency on God. Kingdom of God is subject, subjected to violence. Paul and his apostolic team were facing the sentence of death as they went through progressing the gospel. Today, the sufferings of many Christians in Chennai is stomach pain, lower back pain, heel pain, and neck pain. The greatest sufferings that most Christians would ask and call for prayer to a prayer tower. Say, please pray, brother. I'm having severe back pain. Oh, the devil is after me so much. This heel pain. No, the devil's work. The devil is constantly attacking my heel. The greatest sufferings. Right? You talk to most Christians in most churches in Chennai city, the greatest suffering is that, oh, you know, my wife is such a nagging wife. It's like the devil herself in this house. Please come, pastor. Cast the devil out of her. The greatest sufferings in this world that Chennai Christians usually face. <laughs> so much of financial problem you know I'm unable to buy an iPhone 10 <laughs> financial problems the devil is attacking the finance so much I'm also praying for 3 years I'm not able to buy it the devil's attack he said I'm not able to buy this big flat screen Very few people face opposition for the sake of the gospel. Even in this church, maybe one or two. <laughs> Truly facing opposition for the gospel's sake. Amen. Indeed, we felt that we received the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves but on God. This is what happens even in the face of great violence, great subjection, great oppression, great opposition to the kingdom of God. There is a total dependency on God. Hallelujah. It drives you to become completely God dependent because nothing human is going to work here. No human help, no human support, no human assistance, no human defense, nobody but God himself. Hallelujah. And so you grow in your dependency in God. And secondly there, in this, as this promised plan of God suffers violence, there's joy in sorrow. There is joy in sorrow. There's total dependency on God and joy in sorrow. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18. Therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes on Jesus. We fix our eyes on what is unseen. We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporal and what is unseen is Eternal. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is great hope and joy even though we are outwardly wasting away but yet there's a joy because we are inwardly being renewed for our light, for our momentary troubles, our light and momentary troubles. He calls this as light and momentary troubles. 
Hallelujah. Nobody would have faced such opposition and persecution like Paul the Apostle. Several times there's a list of the kind of opposition that he has faced and the, and the pain and the suffering he endured. Probably next to Jesus it was Paul. But he says this light and momentary troubles in the light of eternity, in the light of what matters for eternity, everything else is light and momentary troubles. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, it's a light and a momentary trouble. Amen. Hallelujah. It is a light and a momentary trouble. For what awaits us for eternity is far greater than what we go through in this world. Hallelujah. Ah, somebody says amen now. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The kingdom promised plan of God faces a power encounter. There is a God's plan on one side and there are evil plots on the other side. But the plan, the promise of God prevails always. And then you have the subjection to violence. Kingdom of heaven is subjected to violence. But on the other hand, it's a forceful men who advance the kingdom, who say, I count my life worth for nothing. Hallelujah. As long as my life counts for something. Amen. Hallelujah. You become totally God dependent in that process and there is joy in sorrow. This is how the kingdom people live. This is the kind of life that the kingdom people live. They are completely God dependent as they advance the kingdom forcefully. They have great joy even in the midst of great sorrow. Hallelujah. And so while evil plots and forces are deployed with the only goal to destroy the kingdom promised plan of God, you find that God is repeatedly messing up the plots of evil men and the devil. And his promised plan always prevails. You find that even when Jesus rose from the dead, that's what happened. On the other side, while there are confusions within and confrontations from outside, forceful men are advancing the kingdom as they depend fully on God and find joy in sorrow. As they fix their eyes on what is unseen, and establishing the kingdom that endures forever. Brother, sister, you and I are called to work to build this kingdom that endures forever. This kingdom for which we work is not going to last for five years. And then someone else is not going to take over. It's going to endure forever. Hallelujah. This kingdom will never get voted out. <laughs> this kingdom will never go out of power. This kingdom will never go without a king. This kingdom will never perish. Many kings and kingdoms rose. They tried to annihilate the kingdom of God. They all fell. You don't even have their names remembered. But this kingdom will endure forever. You and I, remember you and I are in this powerful kingdom. Hallelujah. This kingdom is a powerful kingdom. You are a powerful people. The church of Jesus is a powerful entity and enterprise that has great power and authority in this world today. This promised plan of establishing the kingdom of God is underway for all through the ages. And God has repeatedly messed up the evil plots of evil men and the devil. Do you believe that this promised plan of God prevails? Hallelujah. And if you do, that his plan has prevailed, you are part of it. <laughs> Amen. You are part of it. God gave a promise. The nations will be blessed and you and I are blessed. He's called us to set apart more people for himself. While there are confusions within and confrontations outside remain, forceful men keep going ahead and advancing his kingdom. Do you want to join the workforce? Do you want to join the workforce? Hallelujah. If you say yes, you're part of the workforce. <laughs> Hallelujah. Start working. <laughs> Start working. Would you fully depend on God and move fearlessly with the gospel of Jesus? Would you find joy in sorrow even in the midst of great suffering as you fix your eyes on Jesus and what is eternal? Forceful men will advance it. Amen. Kingdom, promised plan faces a power encounter but we prevail. Jesus will never fail. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Praise you Jesus. Thank you Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father. Worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 
Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just start praising the Lord. Hallelujah. There's an anointing in this place. Hallelujah. Oh, shana namagaradana, shiririrararabangaradana. Let's pray in the spirit, brother, sister. Lift your voice and just begin to pray out loud. Hallelujah. Oh, we want to pray this morning. Let thy kingdom come. Let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let thy kingdom come in India. Let thy kingdom come in Tamil Nadu. Let thy kingdom come in Chennai city. Let thy kingdom come in the nations of the world. Let thy kingdom come. Pray this morning. Hallelujah. Hosanna we prayed. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Worship you, Lord. God Almighty, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, lift your voice and just begin to praise God. Hallelujah, right now. Thank you, Jesus. Let praises arise this morning. Hallelujah. Let praise arise. Let songs arise. Hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise is rising. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Mm. Let's stand together and sing as we worship God this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God has come in this world. Hallelujah. Forceful men will advance it. Hallelujah. Are you joining the workforce this morning? Amen. If you're joining the workforce this morning, say amen. Oh, praise is rising. Eyes are turning to you. We turn to you. Hope is stirring. Hearts are yearning for you. We long for you. When we see you, we find strength to face the day. Anybody singing this morning? In your presence, all our fears are washed away. Washed away. kingdom in your king broken lives broken lives are made new make us new then we all see you we find strength to face the day in your presence all our fears are washed away, washed away. Have your way among 
welcome you here, Jesus. Second verse. Sing it. Hear the sound of hearts returning to you. We want to see that happen. Amen. Return to you. In your kingdom, Lord. In your kingdom, broken lines are made you. You make us new. Cause when we see you, we find strength to face the day. In your presence, all our fears are washed away. see him all our fears are driven away hallelujah all the plan, plans and the plot and evil schemes of the enemy will be nullified hallelujah none of it will prevail in your life none of it prevails in the kingdom of God hallelujah for forceful men are advancing the kingdom hallelujah brother sister you and I are part of the workforce this morning of forceful men and women who will advance the kingdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, fearlessly advancing the kingdom of God. Thank you, Jesus. Anoint everyone, Lord. Fill everyone with your spirit, Lord. Let the glory of God rest upon your people, O oh Father. For your glory dwells in your temple. For your glory dwells in your temple. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. For you come upon us in power and in might. And you display your glory to the world outside. Let the hand of God rest upon everybody. The mighty hand of God come upon everyone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory, glory, glory. Thank you for filling everyone with your spirit. Thank you for the rich deposit of your word in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let your word come alive in our lives, Lord. For we shall fear nothing, O Master. Go forth in the name of Jesus. Go forth with the word of God. Go forth in the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Bless everybody. Meet every need, Lord. They shall have no fear, O Master. Have no fear of evil. Have no fear of evil plots of evil men. Have no fear of the devil. Hallelujah. But shall rise as an army of Jesus. It's an army of the living God. We want to see the people of India washed by the blood of Jesus. We want to see Chennai washed by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Father, we pray your blessing upon your people, O oh Father. May they, Lord, rise up as the church of Jesus. Rise up as the kingdom people. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And tread down the works of the enemy. Thank you, Master. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.